Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Bait Tehila Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm in the beautiful Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it is awesome to be here. Praise God. Nice little rainy day. Yeah, it is. It is raining. It's cold and rainy in Florida today. Imagine that. Yeah, I've, I've got parts of my grass that are like, um, those weeds, you know, that died because it frosted overnight the other night. Like well, went to like great, 29 man. degrees or it's something like, like that. Natural roundup. It is. It is exactly right. But uh, if you're watching here for the first time or listening for the first time, thank you for being here. We want you to go ahead and subscribe to our channel, whether this is YouTube or Facebook or whatever Absolutely. you're on. Absolutely. And subscribe, then, that's good. That's right. How many subscribers do we have? I, don't, I, don't I have no idea. It. I have no idea. I know. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. So it's Facebook. Phil, there's Facebook, yeah. which you can like it on Facebook, and then you like but the you page. But you can watch it on Facebook. You can watch it on Facebook. You can also listen to it on Facebook. The the, the audio version is the on there as well. Version. But then, then we YouTube. The podcast. YouTube is the one I think I, I want to start trying to grow. Gotcha. You know? So we have... All mm. kinds of opportunities. Because people are searching things, you know, and so I don't do a really good job just yet of, uh, you know, the metadata, right, where you put in the right. keywords of we need some things that people might, be. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> work the algorithm, exactly. The algorithms. Yeah. But, you know, if so if you are able to find us, Christians with Torah on uh, YouTube, subscribe. I like that, Christians like with Torah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot to that, you I know? got called out the other day. Somebody was talking to me. So is that like opposed to Christians without Torah, Ryan? And I was like... You could say that. <laughs> I was like, well, you said it, not me. That's you know? right. You said it. You. I don't know what to tell you, but uh, I think all Christians, you know, God is writing... We're Torah promoters. Torah on their minds Why? and their so, hearts. Torah is know? the coolest thing. Right. Got Torah? Well, it's an issue of emphasis, right? We obviously have more emphasis on Torah than right, the average Christian. So, yeah, let's do this. All right. So, today we're studying the Gospel of Matthew, uh, starting in chapter 9, verses 1 through 17. And we're starting off uh, with the healing... Of a man with palsy, or the paralytic. Go for it. Yeah. Ryan's going to read first. Yeah, it's a famous story. I'm going to start off by reading verses 1 through 8. And he has the New eight. King James Version. I do have the New so King James Version. we kind of changed version. it up a little bit. I got yeah. King James. He's got New King James. Yeah. Well, and this is, you know, this this passage is actually a great example of how the New King James might do a, a bit of a better job than the King James because it makes sense in English right. when you read this. Just remember which version was here first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think this is copyrighted. Uh, you're right. The King James is not copyrighted. But I could, I'm, I'm, this is available for reading. Like, okay. All right, so here it says... Jesus uh, heals a crippled man. That's right. So he got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own city. Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And at once, some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, 
take up your bed and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such power to men. All right, let's jump right in here. So, uh, and he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. Yes. So we can deduct this as uh, Yeshua came into his own city of Capernaum, ah. the home base of his ministry in Galilee. We pointed out uh, some time ago where uh, he was in Nazareth, his home city, and then yep. he just he moved shop. Yep. He moved his business to the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. This is interesting. You know, Nazareth was tough for him to be in for a Well, while. you know, that particular area is very, is very prophetic as well because they saw the light. Ah, yeah. Which is, of course, uh, I believe it's, uh, uh, is it Zebulun? And uh, I, got, I got a map here. When, when you look at Nazareth uh, geographically, where is it? Uh, it's very interesting. When you look at the 12 tribes, yeah, we've got uh, basically uh, uh, Zebulun and Naphtali. Yep. On that border there, they've seen a wonderful light. That's the prophecy. So he just goes uh, east. Yeah, in Capernaum, which is not yeah. on this map, but it's right here. Right? Yeah, it's right, right on the, the north, tip of the, uh, the northwest. The, the shaped like a harp. You oh, yeah. The Galilee shaped like a harp. It's it at the very top. Of course, he is from the line of David. So it goes on to say, And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. Now, Let's keep this in context because I love what Jesus is doing here. It's like Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, he's teaching. Yeah. He is teaching. Oh, boy. The, the Beatitudes, he? he's teaching. Mm -hmm. But when you start getting into chapters 8 and 9, he's starting to do the work. Yeah, that's right. That's what he's doing. So the word palsy is the word paralyticos, and it means a paralytic. Suffering from the relaxing of the nerves of one side disabled and weak of limb. <clears throat> okay, so this is a, a paralytic. You know, you see different words, palsy and paralytic, so you got you got to understand what's happening. There's a there's a part of the body that's not working properly because of the relaxing of the nerves. Right. And in context, right, this could be polio. This could be yeah. um, That's right. you know, he could have hurt his back and that's true. his legs didn't work. I mean, it could be any number of different right, things. Right, but it's a, it's a paralysis. So right. the word faith is the word pistis and it comes from uh 3982. It, it means persuasion, i.e. credence or credence, moral conviction, moral conviction of what? Well, of religious truth or the truthfulness of God or a religious teacher, especially reliance upon Christ for salvation. Notice it's a moral conviction. It also means persuasion. Yeah. So you could have faith in science. You could have faith in the government. Yeah. No thanks. You could actually believe a scam. And have faith. <laughs> right. This is so good to be true. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. Now, Yeshua noticed the faith of not only the paralytic, but those who brought him. You notice that? Yeah. Yeah, I did notice that. It says, Jesus seeing their faith. Right. That's the kind of friends you want. Well, and this is this is an example of people standing in the gap, you know, community coming around somebody for healing. Um you know, that it's more than just the person by themselves. You know, we need each other. It even says that all kinds of people return back to the Lord in the last days. It even says the lame. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but anyway, uh, your sins are forgiven implies that in this case, sin and sickness are related. Right. Wow. Something people don't want to deal with. But also that of the two, sin is the more fundamental problem. Right. 
Though individual sin is not always the direct cause of a person's disease or illness, in John chapter 9, verses 2 and 3, do you want to read that one? Uh, yeah, we read it last night. Ultimately, all good. corruption and death result from the entrance of sin into the world. Yep. So sin and sickness can be related, but let's check out John chapter 9, verses 2 and 3, where I believe it's not. Right, it says, And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Other translations say made manifest. Wow. Pretty good. It is good. Um, going into, uh, you know, the original sin, uh, Genesis two seventeen, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. It says, Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply uh, thy sorrow. Yeah. Yeah, let's see here. Yeah, I already read some of those verses. I'm sorry. 217, I'm sorry. We're not going to edit this. <laughs> no, this is what happened in Genesis 217. I'm sorry. I jumped ahead to Genesis 3, started reading that one. Keep it in context here. Genesis 2.17 says, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, going back to Genesis 3.16-19, keep this in context. He says, uh, Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow, and thy conception and sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. And thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, which I've already read, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and also thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Um, in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken. And for dust thou art, and into dust shalt thou return. Very interesting. You know, we have a, a fence line here, and we have a little basketball court. That's right. And sometimes the ball goes over the fence. Now, I like to go over and get the balls. Yeah. But there's these prickly thorn. Oh, boy, is like, there. It's like, like an aloe vera plant with spikes on it. Yep, yep, yep. And you're not going to get that ball. So I designed a stick with a bucket. And you can lean, just lean over and get it because you got a better chance of that <laughs> than going in there like, you yeah, know. there's some thick brush over like there. Like Jurassic yeah, Park. It is. You know, I thought I heard like dinosaurs in there. But anyway, um, this is just something to consider. So, so basically, sin and sickness can be related. I can't stress this enough to everyone that's listening. Confess your sins. You know, don't, don't have secret sin. Just confess your sins and get over it and move <laughs> on because that's what happened in this situation. Yeah. So just think, don't blame God for your malady. So many people get healed because they, they get rid of their sin. I know you, yeah. you've told stories. Oh, absolutely. I've experienced yep. where I had some health issues because I wasn't where I needed to be. Yep. And once I confessed and straightened some things out, yep. my health got better. Yep. So yeah, that's, no, that's a word for somebody. Harboring unforgiveness, um, you know, secret sins. All, there's all kinds of things that can cause these things. Um, we have to be careful, right? Because yes, sin and, and sickness can be related, right? But, right. but sickness, as Jesus kind of points out here, is not always 
related to sin. Right. Right. So there can be illness or, or something that it could be used for the glory of God. Um, in this case, you know, Paul talks about his thorn in the flesh and how God says his, his grace is sufficient for him. And then in the, what you read just a minute ago, or what I read, I'm sorry, in uh, John uh, chapter 9 about how, you know, Jesus talks about um, that neither of them sinned, his parents nor him, but that the works of God could be made manifest in him, right? That the God would be glorified in it. So that's cool. Now I got a couple things for you here. Um, in, uh, you know, we're talking about him healing and doing these things. Um, and this is a sign that he is the Messiah, right? Because there's prophecies that talk about this. Um, and you can find here uh, in Luke chapter 7, uh, starting in like verse 19, or in Matthew chapter 11, what is Luke? starting in verse 1, uh, chapter 7. Starting in verse 19, and I'll read from Luke. Is this it's, like another cross-reference kind it, of thing? Oh, yeah, you just wait. Luke seven nineteen. You ready for this? Yeah. It says, And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And when the men came to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And that very hour he cured many of infirmities afflictions and evil spirits and t- uh, and to many blind he gave sight and jesus answered and said to them says go and tell john the things that you have seen and heard that the blind see the lame walk the lepers are cleansed the deaf hear the dead are raised the poor have the gospel preached to them and blessed is he who is not offended because of me and when the messengers of john had departed he began to speak to the multitudes concerning john so this is uh, a way that Jesus is saying, yes, I am the Messiah. I am the one that you're looking for. You're not looking for another. Because he's quoting from a prophecy, which if I can remember where the prophecy comes from, that's always good, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's in the Psalms. But So you just read 19 to 22? Yes. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. So just, just keep that in mind, everyone. You know, let's let's do a spiritual audit. Let's say, hey, you know, what do I need to work on? What, do, what where, where, where am I lacking? Yeah. That word behavior really stands out. You know, we got to fix our behavior. So as this story develops, you know, how many times we do something for the Lord or we help somebody, mm-hmm. and then we get a bunch of knuckleheads come along. Oh, yeah. The and want to say. A peanut gallery. What did the scribes say within themselves when Yeshua told the paralytic, Thy sins be forgiven thee. Well, they believed inside their hearts, right? They heard, they said, this man blasphemes. So they're saying, hey, he's a blasphemer. Inside of them. Right. They didn't even say it out loud. So the, the scribes believed Yeshua was dishonoring God by taking upon himself the prerogative to forgive sins, which only God can do. He took the prerogative. He's claiming to be God because only God can forgive sins. So what's this word prerogative? It's a right or privilege exclusive to a particular individual or class. It's my prerogative. I feel like I remember Bobby Brown saying yeah. that. Yeah. It's my prerogative. It's my prerogative. Yeah. So it's, it's, there's, that's, that's some fancy words in our little outline here. We got to have some pretty cool words. So here's the cool thing about Jesus. He can walk into a room and he knows their thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> so it says right here in, in Matthew 9, verses 4 through 6. Why don't you go ahead and cue it says, that up. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? For whether it is easier to say, Thy sins are forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go into thy house. You know, I'm going to say something, Ryan. Say it. 
there's a, a, a passage that we all have to go through in suffering physically. I think sometimes we have a rite of passage in suffering, but what really stands out to me is that God never wanted any of us to be sick or to die. Yeah. That's just not who he is. Right. But because of our free choice, thank you, Holy Spirit, God is watching us, looking at us. Yeah. He's, he's, he's in love with us. He loves when we choose him of our own free choice. Right. But it's amazing how, you know, the sins are forgiven. Yeah. So it's almost like, hey, you guys messed up in the garden. Look, you messed up just like they did. It's, it, it's iniquities handed down generation to generation. And the first mm-hmm. person to actually have iniquity is Satan. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that here he's telling this guy, hey, man, your sins are forgiven. And I think, it, 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 and we could develop this greater to go and sin no more. Remember that? Yeah. But uh, Yeshua's authority on earth to forgive sins is an explicit evidence of his divinity since only God has that prerogative my prerogative it is his prerogative it is to forgive sins well and so that's if, if this is a holy god ryan yeah he's holy right he wants us to be holy yeah. there's no excuse we got to make better decisions like joseph with potiphar's wife you know he took off yeah now she got his coat and he got lambasted and framed yeah but potiphar potiphar didn't believe his wife he mm. would have had joseph killed yeah he knew she was a little loosey-goosey yeah a little tricksy going on there right you know <laughs> little tricksy. Tricksy well god's loosey. always had the prerogative right the authority to to forgive sins as he it is chooses his prerogative. and you know i was having this conversation um last night that well wait no forgiveness of sins is, is through yeshua and i'm like well yes that's true but God has the prerogative to forgive whomever he wants, however he wants, whenever he wants, because he's sovereign, right? Right. He's given us now a way where we can have assurance for the forgiveness of sins through the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus, right? Yeah. But, I mean, in Ezekiel, he talks about forgiveness of sins from repentant hearts. He takes no... Psalm 51, he talks no about No happiness, it. no joy. Correct. When the wicked perish. You know, it's interesting, too. Like, he even used Jonah. He was a tough cookie. Man. Oh, man. He Jonah. ran the opposite way. He wasn't happy when they repented. He mumbled and grumbled. Yeah. God still used him. Yeah, he did. So even in our personalities and our character Poor falls, Jonah. God still uses us, yeah. you know. You, you know, you can be a tough cookie. So uh, what did the paralytic do after he was healed? He got up and went home. <laughs> he rose and departed to his house. He's like, how cool is that? Yeah. Ryan, we just got to have miracles in these yeah. last days. Oh, we got to have signs and wonders. It's not that we want them and have to have them, but they are the coolest thing. Cause yeah. They, you know, because people need miracles. Matter of fact, that's one of the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Someone has the gift of miracles. They pray for people and miracles happen. Yeah. You know, I had three bulging discs disappear out of my body. That was a miracle. That is a miracle, yeah. My my medical file was that thick. They said, you never lift weights again. You'll never exercise again. And I was young. Car accident. Three bulging discs. And they said, well, just wait until they implode or whatever. Oh. But uh, my chiropractor wasn't even a Christian, but he said, you got a bona fide miracle. Wow. So when I got saved and born again, God healed my back. I didn't even ask for it. It was weird. It was like, like I felt different. I felt yeah. Like, so now I could go to the gym. I can work out. Like it never happened. Yeah. It just goes to show you. You should use that freedom. The path of destruction is real. <laughs> what, what, what should I do? You should use that freedom to go to the gym and work out. This is know? true. I drive by many gyms. <laughs> COVID shut my gym down. Um, I never went back. So, uh, but when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. Matthew chapter 9, verse 8. So we've only covered eight verses. You know, so think about it. The people marveled, glorified God, and, and, and there was power. Now, I'm going to break these words down, then I'll throw it to you, Ryan. But yeah. uh, the word marveled is the word like thamazo, and it means to wonder, 
by implication, to admire. Ah, to marvel. And the word glorified is the word doxazo, and it means to render or esteem glorious <laughs> in a wide application, honor and to magnify. Yeah. The word power is the word exousia, and it means authority, liberty, jurisdiction, and strength. See, right, right. this is how we can have the podcast. Yeah. People will marvel. They'll glorify God, <laughs> and there's power in this podcast. Mm-hmm. There's there's the, the marveling of Beit Tehillah, the glorify God, and the power of Beit Tehillah within Exousia because of what we do in this community to build a strong community and raise the next generation. Come join us. Be a part. Yeah. You will experience it. You will see it. Yeah, amen. But some people are like, you know, I'm going to go off in the distance or see it from a distance. And so as we look at this, like like people would say, you know, not to be prideful or anything, but, you know, um, I've had people tell me that you guys are a good model for a church. Oh, cool. Because you have relationships and you have your families and your kids. And yeah. a lot of churches are dying. The elderly people are just dying off and going yeah. to be with the Lord. Where's the young people? Right. So if somebody comes in there, let's say they're from India. Well, they see Asha. Yeah. Or what if they're you know, they're black? You yeah. know? What if they're, you know, whatever. You know, they come here, they'll see people like them. Oh, look, they have kids. They have young kids. They yeah, have babies. Yeah. Hey, we could come here. You know, we got a family. And they really, yeah. that's the goal of my wife and I is to be a, you know, a, a, it's a, it's a mishpachah, it's family. Yeah, a little bit of everything. It's a family church. Even like, if you're single or divorced or whatever. you say like Baskin Robbins, 31 yeah, flavors? Yeah, all the flavors. <laughs> Fruits, you nuts, know? and flavors. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> we definitely need to have, you know, uh, we got different, of course, ethnic groups here. But this is the thing that's really, really interesting, you know. I like that you broke down these words. You know, because I was able to talk about, like, what does it look like to glorify God, you know? Um, and, yeah. and Jesus so many times is glorifying God and taking the the onus off of himself as an example to us, because he does deserve the honor and the praise and the glory. Uh, but he's showing us this is the model for what you're supposed to do. So when you receive the accolades, it's not you that does the things, right? It's not you that gives you the ability. It's the, it's the grace of God that he's given you that allows you to perform in the manners that you perform. So you always want to give the glory back to God. You want to turn people towards the right direction. You know, I had a, a, a special friend come and visit me that I used to work with, and he took <clears throat> me in as a roommate in Tampa. He let me live with him. But I love what the Lord kind of put on my heart. Have Gary come up and share a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so he came up and he and he shared before I taught. Yeah. You know, and I really like that to acknowledge people in the congregation or guests or people that were instrumental in my life that he yeah. took me in. He yeah. let me live with him, you know. And so I just think that uh, that the, the testimonies is what people want to see. You know, it's not about me getting up there. And it's not all about me. It's like if we have a guest or somebody stands out, when, hey, could you come up here and just share a little word? Or, yeah. And a lot of times we have awesome guests and different things that will, people pop in or, pop, you know, whatever, pop right. up here. And so uh, I really enjoyed that part of it, you know, because he had called the office and said, I'm going to surprise Nick, you know. And yeah. So it was great to see him, you know, because great memories of the box plant and everything, because I left the box plant to go full-time ministry and everything. but And he stayed there. And, of course, they ends up shutting down or whatever later. Sure. But uh, he went on to do some other um, job, I guess, with Baycare. But I'm just saying that that was just like a good example of that, yeah. to marvel, to glorify God and the power. Yeah. Well, so then you the know. power was really good because it breaks it down into authority, liberty, jurisdiction, and strength. And it's fun to find this word power in other places. You know, when you And I want to say this as, as a recommendation. This is a keyword study Bible, mm-hmm. Hebrew, Greek, keyword study Bible. Listen, I'm telling you right now, 
this is the best Bible to have and use for many, many reasons. Because of the cross references are really nice. And this is the Bible recommended by Eddie Chumney. Oh, yeah. So he just has a Bible and teaches. He doesn't have notes, papers, nothing. Yeah. And he goes to and fro. Many will go to and fro. Knowledge will mm -hmm. increase. Right. So all I'm saying is that uh, let's just give you an example uh, of the word power. Okay. If I go into this Bible and I go to the book of Acts in the beginning, you know, we got to find this word power. Let's see here, right here. Here's the word power. Power. And it's actually, uh, what's, the, what's the number here? 1849. Here's the same word. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Power. So like, when are you going to restore the kingdom? But, but then, then it says, but ye shall receive power. That's a different that's a word. That's a different word. Yeah. So, but you wouldn't know that if you didn't have that's that. That's right. <clears throat> you wouldn't know it. So that's interesting. So when you think about... Because they're saying, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? Yeah. But he says, God is going to release this power, <laughs> which is, I believe, happening right now. Yeah. That we are grafted and we have a right action. Yeah. So let's go ahead and uh, jump right into, uh, and I'll get to read Matthew 9, verses 9 through 13. Come on. Yeshua calls Matthew. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and disciples. Yeah. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. Right. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Hallelujah. Thank God he does that. It's all man. yours, Ryan. Yep. What do you got for me in there? Well, let's, let's man, start off with Matthew, that first verse again. It reminds me of the chosen. Oh, yeah. I loved that scene. Yeah. He just left that booth. Mm -hmm. He followed him. He did. He got up, and then and then the guard that he had befriended, right? Because obviously that's not in the Bible, but it's you know a cool little they thing. Had some good stuff. He's like, "Wait, where are you going? Do you know how good you have it?" <laughs> you know. He's like, He's like, "Nah, I'm out. I'm out of here." You know, we talked about that, and it does a good job of portraying this scene where Matthew leaves the tax collecting profession, because you know, yeah, he's a Jew, so the Romans don't like him because he's a Jew, and the Jews don't like him because go he's go working with the Romans. Seven. I'm, I you am. Developed that. I am. I'm doing it right now. You so are absolutely. So they. So he's stuck in the middle, right? So you got this guy who's stuck in the middle, right? But Jesus comes along, right? And he's a rabbi. That's true. But he's different from the other because your other yeah. rabbis just look at him and criticize. Yeah. You tax collector. Traitor. You publican. Not republican, you, to be clear. The spirit of IRS <laughs> is upon you. <laughs> Publicanus. All right, so, and as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom, and he saith unto him, Follow me, and he arose and followed him. So I just imagine Matthew seeing Jesus and knowing that he's kind of started a, uh, a scuffle around town, and this is his opportunity, right, to join with the community, because otherwise he's ostracized for the rest of his life. We have the Gospel of Matthew because of him. And we have the Gospel of Matthew because of this moment. I also was thinking that Jesus... Shows back up into Capernaum, right? Because he gets out of the boat, he comes over, you know, and then he sees Matthew and he's like, you know, we need a place to stay and eat tonight. And, oh, look, a rich Jew. 
<laughs> you know, he's like, hey, follow me. And then Matthew takes his opportunity. Now everything just kind of collides all at once. Well, the difference between Yeshua and us is that he chose his disciples. Absolutely. Like if someone wants to be your disciple, they're going to come to you and alongside you. Yeah. And I'm going to guide and lead them. That's why I like the single men. Yeah. I like the men to encourage them, to get them going. Yeah. You know, just give them a pat on the back and things because... If you want to be my disciple, I will disciple you. Yeah. I will spend time with you. But you have to put forth that effort. Yes. But Jesus knew what he was doing. Oh, absolutely. He knew who to pick. Yes. So what do you got there? All right. So who was it that came into the house to eat with Yeshua and his disciples? Many publicans and sinners. Right. And so what's a publican? Um, you can get into that. A publican's a tax collector. Yeah. Maybe it says the word publicans is the word telonis, and it comes from... Uh, the Greek, it means a tax farmer, i.e. collector of public revenue. Collector of public revenue. So Yeshua seems to enter Matthew's house, right? So that's... Where do we find that? What we find here. And that's in Mark 2, 13 through 17 and Luke 5, 27 Let through 32. Let scripture interpret scripture. Right. Isn't right. that the coolest thing? Because here Matthew doesn't tell us well, whose house he's in, right? But we do find you it... You know he's probably got to have a decent house if he's right. a tax That's collector. what I'm saying. He's got a nice villa. Hey, look, a rich Jew. Nice we need a place villa. to stay and eat. A nice eat, villa. You know? And he does have a nice place in the Chosen. He does. It's pretty cool. Nice little courtyard there that they're all eating in. Um, the Jews probably considered Matthew a traitor since collecting taxes entailed cooperation with the Roman occupiers of Israel. I agree with this 100%. I was thinking about it, and you know there's a lot of stuff in the news today about how Russia's you know, not going to invade Ukraine, right? That's not what I heard. Yeah. You heard they are going to invade Ukraine. I heard there's a strong possibility. <laughs> so, but why do you have like half of your army on the Ukrainian so border? Vain imaginations going on. Yeah. You know, wars and, and rumors, rumors of wars. wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, think about what Putin is doing in that regard as well. That he wants a lot of people. Just you know, I've learned something about my children. When they misbehave, they just want some attention. Yeah. So Vladimir Putin is just like a little. He's bored. Like a teenager. You he's, know, he's like a. I want some attention. So what he's doing is he's, he's going to the border. And, and let me tell you something, 200,000 troops uh, is not something to shun. No, it's not. But what I'm saying is that now he can get, he can be in the news. Yeah, He yeah. can be recognized. That's right. Because he's trying to negotiate and get something out of this. Right. Which is whatever, whatever he wants it to be. Yeah. So my point being, imagine that Russia comes over and conquers Brandon, Florida, right? And we're, and we're here at Beit Tehillah. And then, like, somebody from our congregation goes and starts working for the Russian, you know, the yeah. new the new Russian Federation of the Florida. The Ruskies, yeah. 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 And I was thinking, that would be pretty rough. I would not be happy with that. I would be looking at that guy and having some choice words inside myself for them, you know? And uh, That's a tough road, though. I guess that's a choice you make. Well, I try to put things in context. Like, how do I fit myself into their shoes? Why is it a Jewish tax collector, though? Right. Why? <laughs> Why would the Jew be collecting taxes for the Roman Maybe government? Maybe it's because it goes back to you and I were talking about Paris. Right. What do you call them? Parisians. The, the Parisians were siding with the Germans to some degree. Right. To get benefits, yeah. a better life maybe. That's, yeah. That was the thing. So perhaps being a tax collector, you could have a better life, but you would be shunned. Absolutely. It's like a pastor. <laughs> I don't think it's the same. It's a better life, but then you're criticized. Being a pastor isn't betraying your own people. Though. No, it's not. Yeah. But I'm just saying that there's a, there's a part where you know, for me, it, it's a it's a better job, yeah, than something else that I could be doing. Sure, but yet you, they'll look at you like, oh, you know, yeah, you you tell evangelist, oh, oh where's your plane? <laughs> like, what's out back? Can we get a plane? 
I don't want a plane. Can we at least get a helicopter? I want an island, like with a nice villa. <laughs> but you'd need a plane or a boat Listen, of some it, sort it, to get I back and forth. I don't it. need to travel. I only live two blocks away. That's true. I need the jet. That's what I need. No, I need you don't even need that. Yeah, well, yeah man. you could probably international ministry for your business. You know? It would be great to do that. Then you can fly me to Israel. Let's go. Yeah, you we know, gotta if, stay on course. <laughs> wow. You know, if if I was a tax collector. Sorry. All right, so what did the Pharisees say to the... Wait, was he criticized already for hearing the paralytic? He healed the paralytic, didn't he? Yes. And he got criticized. Yeah. How can you forgive sins, you blasphemer? So right. now he's in a house. Oh, then he he's drops the mic, house. Right? He's in Matthew's house, and now he's got more troublemakers. Right. Right, so what did the Pharisees say to the disciples when they saw Yeshua eating with the publicans and sinners? What I want to know is, what were they... Were they there, too? Did they just blend in with the house? Let's go to Matthew's house. Let's see what's going on here. Oh, why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? Why is Jesus eating with these people? Yeah. I think that what that happened is, is they were probably scoping Jesus out anyways because they're keeping an eye on him. And so these guys are watching what's going on. And they're like, wait a second. Look at all these but people. Curiosity killed the cat. Yeah, wow. When you see a healing, you're like, oh, man, what's going on? Yeah. What's he going to do now? Right. That's pretty cool. Well, now they're eyewitnesses to his ministry. You know, I'm sure some of them were saved. Um, what did Yeshua say in response to the Pharisees? Before you do that, I, want, I got a thought. Oh, let's hear it. How is this relevant for today? Oh, it's very relevant for today. Now, think about this. Now, I thought about this, Ryan, and maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but people be like, that's right. Because I want you to go, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, think about this. I'm ready. Jesus is eaten with publicans and sinners. Yeah. And he's being criticized by religious people. I say, hey, we're going to have Jewish people coming mm. from Israel that don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And they're not born again. They're not Christians. Yeah. And I'm going to give them the podium. Yeah. How could you do that? That's right. I've seen this. You're That's right. right. That's exactly what happened. See, I'm telling you, I thought about that last night when you guys were, were mm. in your little groups and I was looking over my notes and I thought, why would Pastor Nick give the podium to Jews who don't have Yeshua? Yeah. Mutual respect. Yeah. Because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. Well, here, I would line them up. Here I'd have out. two or three of them on the podium. And, and to be clear, we're not bringing Judaizers in here that are no. trying to convert people. That's not Lord help That's us. not what we're doing. We're trying to build a, a, a bridge. Amen? So uh, That's the point. So then what did Yeshua say in response to the Pharisees? Oh, this is what he said. He goes, listen, they that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That's right. So when we show love to people, we show the love of Christ. They know they're already a mess. Yeah. They shouldn't be drinking and smoking and all these things, and they're having a hard time. But you're like, man, I love you. The Lord loves you. Yeah. Right where you're at. He loves you. Boom, there's value. You show love. You're <laughs> right. not judging them. Because you were where they were at one time. We forget about that, don't we? Yeah, we do. Oh, we're quick. oh that was me. I did all that stuff. Yep. Wow. So this is interesting. Um, you know, Yeshua's offer of salvation to sinners threatens the Pharisees' way of life. Yet it is at the heart of the gospel he came announcing. When Yeshua said, I, ha I will have mercy and not sacrifice, he was quoting Hosea 6.6. 6. Do you want to read Hosea 6.6? 6? I think we should. So good. It is good. Now, let me, can I keep it in context? Yes, please. Can I keep it in context? Yes. Okay, the book of Hosea is all about the northern kingdom and the house of Israel, yes. the Gentiles, yep. basically. 
It says right here in 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 in, in Hosea six one, come and let us return unto the Lord, for He hath torn and He will heal us. He hath smitten and He will bind us up. After two days will He revive us, and the third day He will raise us up, and we shall live in His sight. This word revive, revivification, right? revive. It, it's incredible because after two days, yeah, we're having Torah written on our minds and hearts. Yep. A day's Lord is a thousand years. A thousand years is one day. Now that's Hosea six verses one and two. It goes on to say in verse three. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. O Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee? O Judah, what shall I do unto thee? For your goodness is as a morning cloud, and as the early dew, it goeth away. Mm-hmm. You see the frost? Yep. It's gone. Therefore have I hewed them by the prophets. I have slain them by the words of my mouth. And thy judgments are as the light that goeth forth. Verse 6. Yeah. For I desired mercy and not sacrifice. And the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. Boom. So that word mercy in Hosea 6.6. Do you know what word that is? No. It's the word hesed. There you go. So what he desires is people that have his heart, right? The characteristic right. of loving kindness, of, all over of believing loyalty, right? He desires believing loyalty more than sacrifice. He desires somebody that is on his side, who's on his team, more than he desires the sacrifice. I think that's pretty cool, don't you? That is good. So here's our discussion question. How many different kinds of people Yeshua engaged with and why it's sometimes hard for us to do the same? You know, I, I've got some, some food for thought here. When you stop and think about, uh, let's see here. When you think about this question, this discussion, it's really interesting. Let's just take the Gospel of Matthew. And I haven't done it, but just take the Gospel of Matthew. Start in the beginning. And look at how many people he engaged with. Oh, a ton. Different kinds of people. Yep. So my thought is this. Multitudes. This, he deals with this, multitudes. This is just something to think about. You know, uh, and it actually tells you, like, when you park in a parking lot or you go out to places to be observant of the surroundings around you. But uh, I, I have this to say about this. Don't be afraid to engage people out in the public sector mm-hmm. of life. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to engage People in the public sector. I'll give you an example. Let's say you're going up to the door. There's somebody, you're just a little bit ahead of them. Yeah. Hold the door for them. Or I go to Books a Million. I go up to the door. I'm starting to go in. I see people are coming out. I open the door. You know. Crazy, huh? People come out. Be courteous, you know. Uh, there was a guy that was sitting across from me for a number of times. We'd smile and nod, you know. And so finally he came over to me and he said, can I ask you a question? Mm. What are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, he really wanted to know. So I shared with him, I'm doing the Matthew outline. I'm in Books a Million. Yeah. It's funny when I took my, my, my daughters there and stuff, we were walking around and my daughters were like, how many books are in here? Huh. I said, a million. A million. <laughs> I don't think so, but that would be interesting to know their inventory. Yeah. Well, there's books in the back, they're in the trucks. So anyway, to make a long story short here, um, we had a great conversation. His name was Gabriel. He's got a twin brother, and he goes to the crossing. But we Mm. had a great conversation. Very, very uh, awesome young man of God uh, in his 20s. But once again, you know, don't be afraid to engage people with conversations or whatever, you know. Um, And it's just funny how um, it needs to be that way. You know, I know all the workers at Books A Million. How you doing? Yeah, yeah. 
you know, Norm. It's like cheers, yeah, you yeah. know. But Where uh, and I engage them and talk to them, you know. And they're interesting people. One guy is like a, a photographer, and uh, and I think he's a pilot too. Wow, but, photographer uh, pilot. I believe so. And uh, his name is Jose. But anyway, he uh, we have great conversations. Is he a drone pilot? I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, don't be afraid to engage people out in the public sector. I was thinking about this, and I, you know, there's definitely different types of people that I don't want to deal with, for sure. And, <laughs> um, and I think that that it comes from any number of different places, but I think it comes from you know pride selfishness, um, wi- you know, worrying about what other people would think about you interacting with those people, um, things like that. Because as church people, right, we, we have a, a reputation to uphold, right? Well, Jesus wasn't really concerned about his reputation, um, especially not when it came to the religious leaders of the day. But here we are in church all worried about what people think about us. And we really need to be worried about what God thinks about us and ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I find that uh, this is an area that I need to do better in, you know, engaging with other types of people that uh, aren't like me. or that. Yeah, I, I, I run into pastors all the time and different things and, and people, and I, I always want to find out, what's your vision? What's, yeah, what, yeah, what's yeah. God doing with you? What, what's, what's happening with you? What's God yeah. giving you to do? Yeah. You know, that's why I like to share about other people's mm-hmm. visions and things, you know, like Paul Pickering, Pastor Paul Pickering, you know, he uh, has all pro pastors international champions table, you know, get yeah. four guys every week to meet together, pastors yep. for accountability and prayer. It's been the greatest thing. Yeah. You know, but uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to uh, Matthew chapter nine, verses 14 through 17. Now we're going to get into fasting. All right. So I'm going to read it. It says here, Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse." Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break and the wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. So we got two things going on here, really two different subject matters. Uh, kind of. I believe so. I mean, you could piggyback on that yeah. if you wanted to. But what did the disciples of John ask Yeshua? John the Baptist, of course. They asked, why is it that the Pharisees, that we and the Pharisees fast often, but you and your disciples don't? Oh, and Jesus said unto them, can the children of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then shall they fast. Mm. Matthew nine fifteen. So the arrival of the kingdom of heaven was like a wedding feast with Yeshua as the bridegroom. His disciples, therefore, were filled with joy. <laughs> It would not be right to mourn or fast when the bridegroom was present. Yeah. Matthew nine fifteen. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about this and, um, you know, in my brain, I like food. So I was just thinking about fasting and uh, there's other people that had much more profound spiritual concepts. Yeah. But in my head it was, hey, you're on a diet and then Thanksgiving comes around. Well, you're not on a diet on Thanksgiving. You're gonna you're gonna eat the pumpkin pie. You're gonna it's enjoy the right yourself. Thing to do. It is the right thing yeah. to do, right? You gotta you gotta you gotta feast with those that feast. It's like right? when you go to a birthday party. You gotta have a piece of cake. 
Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would think so. Yeah, I could, I could For the see. most part, mm, it, it depends. Be big. You, know, you, you can have a small sliver. If you have a lot of friends with little kids, then you end up with a lot of birthday parties. I always parties. believe that if you go to a birthday party, you got to have a piece of cake. Right, well, now that my pastor says that that's part of, you know, Because I want to have my cake, tequila, and I'm going to eat it. Eat it, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I was thinking about that. And then, you know, there's other people that were talking about Who how. Who was that that said, let them eat cake? Let them eat cake. Oh, man. I was think it was like Napoleon or something. No, it was like a, the French woman or something. Yeah. In, Mary Antoinette, definitely was. somebody French for sure. Let them eat cake. Yeah, oh, let I them like eat her. cake. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So why did Yeshua say, uh, "No, no, let's the, uh, let's finish this one with the bridegroom"? The fasting, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the bridegroom is with them, right? So when you have your wedding day, you're not thinking about. Uh, fasting and longing and mourning for the bridegroom at that point right right you're not you're feasting because the the moment has arrived that's we're waiting for the ceremony right the ceremony and then the the uh, consummation and so what he says makes sense right because these these and what he's referring to uh john's disciples were orthodox jews living in judea right they're fasting probably once or twice a week at least as part of the traditions of the jewish people in in the area i would think so so why did Yeshua say, no man putteth a piece of new or raw cloth unto an old garment? His response was that uh, that which is put in to fill it up taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse, right? So you have a, a piece yeah. of cloth that's already pre-shrunk, it's already been washed, it's like worn, a t-shirt. right? Yeah. And then you put a new patch of new cloth on it, and then now when it starts to shrink, it's going to cause an even bigger problem right. than what you had before. So neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, mm-hmm. and the bottles perish, but they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. Right. And this is obvious, right? Because you know, fermenting the fermenting process produces a gas. The gas causes the the vessel to swell, and it would end up breaking. And this is wine skins, right? So, so what a, about these people that say that that they weren't drinking fermented wine? Well, that's silliness. I would think so. Here's how you know that it's silliness. Um, they harvest the grapes in one season, and then they're drinking the grapes in another season. The only way you do that in that time period without you know, some form of refrigeration. I'd like to see, okay, the process of fermentation. I never yeah. really studied it or looked at it because, yeah. you know, we've got high Yovel. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying like Welch's, Welch's is I not talked fermented. about, I talked with, uh, I Z- love Welch's. With, I think it was Tommy and, and Zach about that. And they're like, Kedem. yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't do that. You have to ferment it in order to have it in the spring. So in Bible times, wine was not kept in glass bottle, but in goat skins sewn around the edges to form watertight bags. Hmm. New wine expanded as it fermented, stretching its wine skin. After the wine had aged, the stretched skin would burst if more new wine was poured into it. New wine, therefore, was always put into new wine skins. So here's the culture. Here's the technique. So check this out. So basically, Yeshua represents the new wine and fresh revelation from God. And we have to be prepared to receive it in our earthly vessels. Amen. It's not like a new covenant where everything's done away with. But what it is is that he comes and brings this incredible revelation. Because there were some, you know, they had some uh, <coughs> they had some ideas that, that just didn't jive. You know, well, when the Messiah comes, he's going to rule and reign and misperceptions there. And, uh, and what happened is he came to, to die for our sins as Messiah ben Yosef. But Messiah ben David will be coming. 
So uh, I like what Yeshua has done with the Torah. He's taken it to a higher level. Yeah. We believe in a Jewish Jesus, not a Greek Jesus. Yeah. But a Jesus that did keep the Torah, loved the Torah. Yep. And we're Christians with Torah. Yep. Why? Because Jesus had Torah. Yep. So there's all this argument about it. But if you stop and look at Torah as a concept or a principle or guidelines, teachings and instructions, it will change your life. Yeah, of course. Because then you'll make up your own mind about your faith. Yes. The feast days are in the Torah. We like the feast days. Yes. Yeshua fulfilled the spring feast. He's going to fulfill the fall feast. We rehearse them. We practice them. The Shabbat is a feast day, the very first one. So our faith is practiced in that manner. Now, right. we believe uh, in the Shabbat, one of the commandments. We practice our faith by keeping Shabbat. And that's yeah. the sign of the Mosaic Covenant. It is. So uh, the Lord has said uh, is concerning dietary laws, what to eat, what not to eat. Uh, you can eat whatever you want. They say that if you eat whatever you want, you listen to whatever you want. It's a bad concept. But if you know what is clean and what is unclean and you make that decision, that's your faith. But people can eat whatever they want. But your faith is saying from the Torah, I'm not going to eat unclean meats. Yeah. So that's just all the things that, that we're seeing here. And uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. We've got plenty of time here. Um, no, I, I was actually just thinking with new wines into, into old wineskins is that we, again, church people, we can kind of get stuck in our ways. And uh, I, was, I, just, I had kind of some imaginations about this, about like, you know, wearing a groove in the floor until the, you know, you're like, you know, waist high right in in the floor and you're walking up and down this groove back and forth and then god says take a right turn and you can't because you can't literally get and that's yourself what we do in our mind we put grooves of bad behavior right and thoughts or or even if it's good behavior but it's not what god's calling us to do um and he's calling us to do something else and it's to the right or to the left or whatever it is you know we we can't be so single-minded um seeing maybe that's I'm trying to come up with the right phraseology to say it because it's just God has things for us to do and to understand. And when Yeshua came, the people were so prideful and puffed up in their own understanding that they wouldn't take a look at what Jesus was doing, right? So they missed the boat, literally. I mean, they missed Jesus. And I don't ever want to do that. I don't want to be in a position where uh, I miss Jesus. I miss what he's calling me to do. I miss the point. Um, and in order to do that, we have to be open um, even if it means to people that we are kind of leery of dealing with or uh, places that we're leery of going, um, whatever it is. And if you think about it, Ryan, the, the bottom line at the end of the day is this. Are you practicing your faith? Yeah. We have no right to criticize Islam, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Buddha, whatever. We have no right because I'm going to tell you why. The Bible doesn't say to go after people. Right. It says to practice your faith. Then they'll know yeah. that you have a father in yeah. heaven. They will glorify your father because you have shown the fruit. So if we run around to correct everybody and, 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 and just beat up the government instead of, pray, <laughs> of <laughs> a president, yeah. vice president, all that, what good is going to come out of any of that? I mean, mm. when Yeshua came the first time, the priesthood wasn't good. The church wasn't good. Yeah. The government definitely wasn't good. I mean, we don't have people hanging on crosses up there on Lithia Pinecrest Road. No, we As don't. we come into the synagogue. Praise God. So what I'm saying is that, you know, these are not really times that are, that are as bad as those. Yeah. So there is no excuse, Ryan, for us not to be different and practice our faith. Amen. And do it well and do it strong. Right. For ourselves. And then let others see it. Yeah. But so... 
if, if they're not going to practice their faith, like, why do we punish people for the things that they don't believe like we believe? Right. Doesn't make you any know. sense. It's like if you want to go to Sunday church, go to Sunday church. Right. We do Shabbat and we have Saturday church. Yeah. So, so there's nothing wrong with that. This is our faith. But we're going to continue to do it. Now, what it's going right. to do, it'll bring persecution. It'll bring offenses. It'll bring division of families. Because he even goes in to talk about this in, in, in Matthew 10. Yeah. That they'll even deliver you up unto death. Oh, your own family member. Not good. And it's interesting because he talks about, we won't get into it, but he, I'll bring you before governors and kings and the Gentiles. Yeah. You know, so what's happening is uh, you're going to be brought before a bunch of different people. Yeah. That don't believe what you believe. But here's the thing, though, Ryan, in closing for me, we have to practice our faith because the promises are there and the prophecies have to come to pass. Amen. Gentiles would come out of the nations and help Jewish people. So what are your two points that you have learned from Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 through 17? My first point um, came from Christina last night, and it is to receive the new that God has for you, you need to be in the present and not in the past. Wow. Yeah, that was a big deal. Uh, That is a big deal. It is. And I was amazed that she came up with that. Say it again. To receive the new that God has for you, you need to be in the present and not in the past. What about the old glory? It's old glory. It's old manna. It's full of worms. So it can't, it can't hold it. Right. So this, this wineskin can't hold the new wine, can it? it well. Unless I get a new wineskin. You, you have if, to unless be. Unless my vessel is a new wineskin. You have to be like new wineskin, yes. What else do you got for me? My second one is that Jesus wants us to love the unlovable. Jesus wants us to love the No, unlovable. that's good. You know, one of the things, uh, one of the points I'd like to make out, I have my two points, but this one was, um, Jesus told me a long time ago as a pastor, never go to the critics. <laughs> Let them come to you. Let them come to you. So point number one, our sin can bring sickness, disease, and even death upon us. Ooh, yes. So uh, Sin no bueno. If, be in health ministry, be in health organization, a more excellent way. Uh, book actually talks about certain roots of sickness and disease can happen yeah uh number two we need new wine skins to receive god's new wine amen and that's all i have amen that's all i have why don't you pray us out i'll, I'll pray father we just thank you for this incredible time of a podcast about the gospel of matthew the great tax collector father we just thank you for him we can't wait to meet him and hear his story and and uh, how much uh, he's going to share with us about being a disciple and not being a tax collector anymore and opening up his house that whole event that took place and there's going to be even more commentary in that from Matthew which is going to be so cool because heaven will not have no commentary we're going to go right to the sources and I thank you for that opportunity that, that people always wonder what we're going to do when we get to heaven but we're going to get to talk to Matthew and the, and, the, and the paralytic and those that were crippled and healed and different things and they're going to be sharing their stories and we're going to be sharing our stories so father we just thank you for all those that are watching and listening we just bless them right now father we thank you for the restoration and the regathering of the whole house of israel because your promises are true we ask this in the name of yeshua of nazareth amen 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 all right wow <clears throat> you know the gospel of matthew uh is going really well i think <clears throat> i've been really enjoying this i've been enjoying breaking it down little by little um, right before we started doing this a few months back, uh, Christian and I had gone through and read all the gospels together, uh, during, uh, what was it? Maybe the counting, was it the counting of the Omer? Man, that would've been a long time ago. Yeah. It might've been the counting of the Omer. I can't remember what it was, but it was good. And so, um, what a blessing it was. Um, and now even more just digging in deeper into it little by little. It's great. So, and you know what? This is so good. 
I think I'm going to teach this on Saturday. There you go. Well, there inspiration you go. comes on podcast day. Yeah. Podcast Praise God. Day. All right. Bless you guys. Have a great week. <laughs>